At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, and hello, football. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, wherever this happens to find you, whenever you are listening to your favorite Patriots podcast, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, alongside Andy Jumbo Hart, and a very special guest, our guy from Patriots.com, the Deuce, Mike Deuce Dusso, to kick off today's edition, the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings in Football Things, brought to you by WEEI odyssey and 2400 sports on today's episode we will continue with our off-seasonal positional preview today talking about tight ends we'll have so many news notes and nuggets from around the wide world of pats nation in pats paris but we begin today with our guy deuce fresh from indianapolis where he described it as nothing but steak and football an absolute football hardos paradise deuce was out for a full week at the 2023 NFL Combine, and we thought, who better to provide us with some insight, some tales from the trip, uh, some analysis from all those big bros working out in tight shorts, and so much more. Deuce, how be you, my guy? I'm doing great. It was it was a fun week. I don't know if I'm fresh from the Combine. I feel a little a little uh, tired from the Combine, but it was it was great. You know, I mean, and look, you're just talking to these guys at a podium. It's not like you're you know there watching all their film and stuff. So a lot of like your opinions are based on like, I like that guy. I like that answer. I didn't like that answer. I don't like what he's wearing, you know, all the superficial stuff, but still mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value. You get to kind of see these guys and, and, you know, know them a little bit and just when a random name comes up, usually you're like, Hey, I talked to that guy. I kind of remember him. So yeah. it's definitely helpful, but I certainly came back with a lot of like, all right, I got to look at some of these guys too. Cause personality doesn't necessarily get it done on the football field. I think before we deep dive on it, and uh, I know Andy and I have a bunch of questions about who you saw and who stuck, you know, who jumped and uh, who you think could be a perfect Pats fit. I just want to, for the, you know, like Andy has had a chance to go because he worked for the Patriots. Now you work for the Patriots as well. I've actually never been to the Combine. And for some of the other super fans and the diehards out there who have been to a Super Bowl, maybe gone to even a Pro Bowl, have like a, a football fan, a hard-o checklist. What's the whole experience like? I mean, it's it's a lot of, you know, the, you have Radio Row, so you have all the teams kind of set up. You have different radio outlets, and, you know, that's kind of where we work and where we shoot stuff. And then the back room is where the NFL Network, CBS Sports, XM Radio, Sirius XM Radio, those, you know, bigger stages are all set up, and you have all the podiums and tables. And, you know, it's kind of a cattle call. They bring each position group in, and, and you kind of scramble from podium to podium. You listen to guys. Uh, you ask them some questions, you know, sometimes as they're going up to the podium or coming off, you maybe grab one for a, for a quick, you know, private question, that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's basically, yeah, the, the, the executives go Tuesday, Wednesday, and then once Wednesday as well, the, the, the prospects start going. 
And then it's just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're, they're rolling through position groups and it's coming at you fast and furious. So, you know, like I said, you get a, you get a sense for all these guys, maybe not so much how they actually play, but it certainly rounds out the picture. And then, you know, the testing all happens away. That happens down at, at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. So we don't get to see that stuff. Of course, we see it on TV. We see the results and, and then you can kind of tie everything together and come away with with some impressions and, you know, who you like and, and mock drafts and big boards and all these fun things that we're going to be doing over the next two months. And, and we should probably mention that this is it's now year to year in Indy. It's been in Indy since whatever the 80s. Um, there is this talk, just like the draft and everything else, that maybe it's going to go on the road. And they've certainly expanded the the fan aspect to it. That it's now basically reverse engineered from TV backwards. Yep. Um, and I know some in the football world are not real happy with that evolution and the value. And hell, maybe that plays a role. And you hear teams talking about not going and, and Bill Belichick taking part virtually and some of those different things. Maybe it does become an event where it's almost strictly assistant coaches, scouts, doctors, and maybe not what it once was, but uh, still my favorite uh, part of the year, if you ask me. And, and that's nothing to do with the free steaks and shrimp cocktail. Well, thank <laughs> yeah, you, Robert Kraft, free. <laughs> no, it's it's fun. And I mean, to, to your point, Andy, I think they, they switched the order around a little bit this year and they had, you know, the interviews with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, the big position groups went Friday, which meant that they worked out at Lucas Olio Stadium on Saturday. Huge crowd. You know, we were we were leaving Saturday afternoon, but you could just see, you know, saw a couple of Ramondre Stevenson jerseys. You saw Patriots. I mean, just all kinds of NFL fans were there going into the stadium to watch that day. Now, you know, I don't know. They used to be the old order. I think the offensive linemen went last. You know, nobody really wants to, to pony up to watch those big boys run. But um, it does seem like it's geared toward that. I believe there's one more year in Indianapolis. Everybody just likes it. It's so convenient. Every Everything's awesome. there. There's been talk of L.A. and Dallas, which is so spread out. Uh, a great part of this is the airport is 15 minutes away. The stadium and, and, and the convention center right there in the middle of India. And, and as you guys mentioned, we have a lot, of, a lot of steak, a lot of shrimp right in the area, too. So once you get there, you don't really have to leave. I, I love it. I hope it stays there just for convenience sake. Plus, it's you know not too far of a flight from here. So are you doing a juice cleanse or anything the last couple of days? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. God. Beef out How TB12? <laughs> you must just Did you schedule a colonoscopy for after this? I, I went hard the first couple nights i think that's what i've learned is you know go get your steak the early nights and then but it's just i think in any environment it's hard to eat out every single meal you just yep. you feel like you can't get a break yeah. so yeah i've been uh, i've been on the oatmeal and salad cleanse here for the last couple of days trying to get cool. back on track <laughs> i know a lot of people listening like right now are like but I would like to have Mike's problems. Oh, I yeah. would, but I would Much like state. to talk to football players. I would like to have a ribeye bought for me by Robert Kraft. Uh, no, it's fun. And I, I, I agree. While, while taking the draft on the road is kind of fun because you set up a different show, different fans. It almost should be in the city maybe of the Super Bowl champion or something like that. Those fans get to celebrate. They welcome people in. The new year be, begins that way. Like the combine should be in a convenient spot. Uh, and I was not even aware that the media avails and all the interviews you were doing, for example, were actually isolated from the 40, the jump, yeah. the broad, the shuttle, the three cone, all the other stuff that we see on the NFL network and all the clips that we watch on Twitter and then go like, I want that guy. That's <laughs> uh, Bro, that's a total Belichick guy. Did you see his uh, 40 shuttle or his lateral doodle or whatever the hell they go yeah. through out there at that Played point? Special teams. I don't know, Andy. There's so many different things at this point. It oh, what do you, seemed... do you like the Ross RAS <laughs> now the relative athletic score, which apparently Anthony Richardson, we can stop keeping track of it because he's the greatest athlete ever and we never need Broke to it. measure it again. Right. But also, but now the new one, 
uh, the whatever the competence score or the processing score, which is like oh, the, yeah. new, the new like the new if you Wonderlic. like the Wonderlic, the new Wonderlic is the is the processing <laughs> score. Stupid. Apparently, Bryce Young, uh, Brock Purdy, apparently last year crushed it, so that's why the 49ers took him, or at least now we're told with revisionist history playing a part in today's production. And now apparently Bryce Young crushed it as well. So why should they worry about his slender, slight 5'10", 204-pound right. frame, my right. ass? He can take I get to tell game. you, I'm old school. Give me uh, Will uh, Levis or Levis, however the hell you say it. All I need to look at is his arms while yeah. he throws. Not only does he have a cannon, he's got a pair of cannons attached oh, to his shoulder. I, honest to God, listen to you. Just like, oh, you're just broing out over his biceps. Absolutely. Sucker. You know who else regret could- it. May regret Andy, it, you know who else care. could throw a football further than Uncle Rico? Heath Schuler. He <laughs> sucked as a quarterback. <laughs> it's fun though. Sucking with big arms and big guns is fun. Yeah, Wait, he uh, knows Terp it too. Said, he was like, "I'm going to throw because I got that cannon." <laughs> All right, so Mike, uh, so you had a ch- so obviously you know you're not watching the tape. You're taking part in a lot of the interviews and. Uh, all the people that we follow, yourself, Evan Lazar, Zach Cox, Dakota Randall, et cetera, people that were there or that were aggregating the info, put a focus on people that either mentioned Patriots, uh, seemed like they had Patriot DNA in them, or stuck out from a Pat's perspective. So uh, maybe could you uh, chum the waters for the uh, Foxborough faithful here with a couple guys that may have stuck out to you or said the right things and seemed schematically and organizationally like a fit? Yeah, I'm going to start with one that I just thought was interesting. And and uh, you mentioned Evan, who, um, you know, is just a bulldog on these things. I think he was annoying everyone at the whole combine. Like, he's just going up to people left and right, trying to grab Jameer Gibbs for private interviews. Um, but he actually got a great thing. He went up to Quentin Johnston after he got off the podium and was, you know, did a quick, quick one-on-one with him. And Quentin Johnston was glowing about his meeting with the Patriots. And I know he's a little bit of a, you know, polarizing player right now. People, you know, some people love him just because he's, you know, a big he looks the part of a big wide receiver with speed and stuff. Yeah, not my guy either, Andy. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that he was saying, I feel the love. And, you know, it just kind of both Evan and I were like, oh, God, we both had kind of written him off. Um, but I would just say, like, you know, to start, like, I feel like the two big positions I came away feeling like, wow, they got to get some of these guys are cornerback and tight end. I think those groups are really tight, uh, or really deep. I'm sorry. And I just think the question is, you know, when you get these big position groups that are really stacked, do you? Do you wait and say, oh, we can get a guy in the middle because there's a bunch of good ones? Or do you say, hey, let's get the best of this group. You know, let's get the best guy. I think that's the question I'm kind of asking myself. Um, you know, the two tackles at the top, I think that's probably a good place to start, too. And, and cut, in, cut in here if I start rambling because I got about <laughs> five days worth of thoughts. But Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, those guys are studs and they look the part. And, you know, Skaronsky, everyone wants to talk about Skaronsky and three-year starter and athletic and, you know, said all the right things, has the right personality, has the the traits as grandpa played for the Packers. I mean, but I got to tell you, this is something that I took away. You get off the podium, he's standing next to the North Dakota State kid, Cody Mock, who's got no front teeth. And I'm like, he's a guard. He's a guard. He's yeah, really he's a guard. You know, it's just okay. and, 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 and I just think right now and I know Skaronsky's a kind of a, a flashpoint for a lot of Patriots fans for me. And there are other people who disagree with me, certainly. And, and I get it that he's a football player. But I just think you took a guard last year. You can't afford to strike out and miss on this kid and end up with another first round guard two years in a row. There are too many big needs. If Jones or Johnson were to fall to 14, I would say that's a slam dunk. But right now that feels like kind of a long shot. And with Anthony Richardson kind of elevating, now I kind of look at, all right, what cornerback might get put down? And I and to, to finish 
this part of it, uh, Joey Porter Jr. just really impressed me. We were all kind of walking in expecting Mad Dog Joey Porter to be up there. He's not that guy. He said all the right things, asked about the Patriots, had was complimentary, said my dad would like it going to, you know, a stable organization like that. So he has a cool demeanor about him. Um, Christian Gonzalez, too, just looks like an absolute stud, uh, you know, a little bit of a hey, Oregon out there in, in the Pac-12. But I, I think those two guys, those I mean, I, I, I love just Gonzalez, even just the way he looks like it's kind of not to compare him to Ty Law. But I always felt like when you looked at Ty Law, you're like, that's a cornerback. And I felt that way about Gonzalez. So those two guys right now are kind of my risers as far as that, like, first part, what we need fits. So you you kind of um, almost mocked yourself, and and I always did this too, where we get the 15-minute interview, whatever, and you come away thinking, well, that guy's a dink, or wow, that guy's a saint. Um, But (laughs) I do think They're going to guarantee to draft the dink. They'll always take the dink, right? But the – I find it interesting this year because I think two of the three positions that we would put near the top of their need list, wide receiver and cornerback, are dink, no dink positions where it's like no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, boom. So who stood it? Because I'm going to tell a quick story here from my combine past, and it's my favorite story of all time. A.J. Nicholson, linebacker, Florida State, went in with a red flag. He was, you know, had run from the cops and there was an arrest, and it was like this was his chance to stand up and – And my favorite story of all time, he said, no, no, no. I wasn't running from the cops because I didn't have an ID. I was running to go get my ID. I wasn't hiding in the bushes. I tripped and fell and landed in the bushes when the cops found me. Was one of my favorite stories of all time. So at the wide receiver and cornerback position, who stood out as dinky? And maybe you just answered it with Joey Porter. Who stood out as, whoa, that guy's impressive, not a dink. Yeah. Uh, Josh Downs, impressive. Jaden Reed, impressive. And, mm. you know, I think, look, Jackson Smith and Jigba ran great quickness. You know, I mean, he, he's yep. got those things. I'm still not sold. He, pop, that he, he has, popped, though. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Um, you know, and, and Jordan Addison, who was my guy on the first pick, which was kind of, you know, giving the people what they want, didn't t- didn't test as well. I still really like him. I still think, like, you know, I'm a lot more attracted to – I've just been saying, I want quickness. I want quickness in the middle of the field. I think that's what they're Tank lacking. Bigsby. That's I want that uh, – or Tank Reed. Or Tank is that Dell, who it is? Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Yeah, oh. Tank Dell, you know, oh. real small, you know, probably later day two guy. But, um, but those guys – I, I really liked I really really liked Josh Downs though he just you know had a confidence about him a serious like I one of my kind of like Patriots football things I do is I write SFG which is serious football guy handful mm-hmm. of guys that you you look at stealing and that I am absolutely SFG that is well, awesome you've made a career stealing <laughs> like Kyle Duggar Dante Hightower serious football guys like they they ain't coming around jokey happy they right. like ball. Um, the other guy I would say is Tay Banks, Deontay Banks from Maryland, like just had that like mm, something about him that just feels like this guy can't suck. Can he suck? He can't suck. Like he's just too confident. Um, those are a couple off the top of my head. You know, it's just and you mentioned that position. That's a big thing. Like, look, I went wide receiver my first mock. I just I feel like you got to get a guy. I just don't think that there's that guy at 14 um, that's, you know, perfect for them. I think that those other two guys I mentioned could be like day two options, but um, both of them really fit. Then, you know, you're getting into more guys that, you know, are they, they're taller, they're lankier. I, I don't know if I'm into like Jalen Hyatt's of the world. I feel like we, you know, have 
guy we, we got Tricon Thornton last year seems similar to me. So um, Zay Flowers also just really popped for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a as a Patriots type fit. And I, I mean, I just I think that's what they need, you know, just quickness in the middle of the field, help Mac out. Um, I, I'm sure I can I, I'll come up with more as, as I'm thinking. But again, like Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, those guys, they're just built in a lab. This is what you know, it's supposed to be. You guys probably watch them running and moving around. It's just they're mm-hmm. they're super athletic. As much as I want to do that, though, it's just like, was tackle really the problem last year? I get it's a need. I get everybody's a little bit meh about Trent Brown. What's he going to do? And I think, you know, Trent playing on the left and the right adds some confusion to it because they're like, well, A, are they going to bring Trent Brown back? B, what side does Bill O'Brien even want him to play on? So I'm a little bit pushing tackle towards the back. Darnell Wright from Tennessee I just thought was awesome. Versatile guy. He's probably my favorite of that you know, second tier group of guys who has some versatility and, you know, Dewan Jones, just the monster. We didn't, unfortunately, he didn't, he was getting tested. So we were all waiting for him to like see him at the podium. Like, let's see this big guy. And sometimes when the medical testing went wrong, we didn't get him to the podium. So he was one we missed. We didn't get to see in person, but that's always a favorite part when you just have those giant, giant guys. And you just are like, oh my God, these guys are so like just another, another, another level of human being. Yeah, Andy, uh, um, I mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, Tank Bigsby, because uh, in the latest mock draft from our beat guy, Kyrie Thompson, up now at WEI.com, he had the Patriots or wanted the Patriots to grab Tank Bigsby at halfback in the fourth round, uh, and PFF gave him an A on that. Could be, perhaps, if you don't think that Pierre Strong is going to be the new third down back of the future, and Andy has questions about his hands and his ability to be the next Vereen, Falk, Woodhead, etc., Maybe that would be the right kind of guy to grab. But back to your point about the tackles and the need for that. Was it the biggest need last year? Maybe no. I, Andy and I have decided with our uh, interest ratings on the offseasonal positional previews, the cornerback right now does stand as the number one need because could re- lose John Jones. You kind of just flat out don't have enough guys now. And you need a long, lean, fast disruptor on the outside to help join Jack Jones for the secondary of the future. But when it comes to tackle, we think. We think <laughs> But we, uh, who knows? For all we know, they might trade for somebody. Someone could pop available uh, yeah. as a cap cut. Who knows? But to me, the reason why I, I've been harping so much about the tackle position is because football games are decided and won there. Just football one-on-one, Belichick one-on-one, Hardo Central. And if you could swing Trent in a contract year back out to the right and get a left tackle of the future, just give me a dependable, big, bad, fat guy on the left side. Like, that's just – that's the basics. Like – Bill O'Brien can rebuild his Patriots offense of the future with gigantic bookends and a stable offensive line. And you can't screw up. Like five years ago, they dipped into the Georgia well, hence why some people may have Roderick Jones fear, same way we have Nikhil Harry uh, fear with Quentin Richardson, uh, with uh, Isaiah Wynn. And now Broderick Jones, like, oh, no, does he have short arms? Oh, is he, should he be a guard? Is he a tackle? That's why when you say that about Skaronsky, even though everyone's like, oh, but the last Northwestern guy, Rashawn Slater, he was awesome. So why don't they go back into that? Well, it yeah. seems like Paris Campbell may be a little bit of a pro- Paris. I'm sorry, Paris, uh, not Campbell. That's the receiver. Jones. Paris, yeah, Paris Jones. Thank you. Um, Paris I mean, Johnson. Yeah. Um, seems like an absolute mauler. Like, and then you, 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 you dovetail that into Andrew Callahan's thing from the combine where he said everything he was hearing was it's tackle at 14 or they're trading back. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm now starting to, what is it today? It's March 7th. I'm betting right now, Andy, trade back is my first pick in the draft. Well, that's a safe bet with the Patriots and more often than not over the years. I would just caution, no disrespect to Andrew Callahan. I don't think anybody knows. I mean, as, as Mike brought up, 
Anthony Richardson en- enters the chat, as Fitzy likes to say, in yep. the top 10. Okay, pushes somebody. Down. Like, we have no idea there's going to be a major trade at some point in the top 10 that will alter the way the board is going to fold. So I just – I think to say now that Bill has this plan of it's a tackle or I'm trading back, that's not Bill Belichick. He's yeah. not going to make that decision until April 27th or when it's in front of him. Yeah, and we um, we were lucky enough to talk to Jordan Reed from from ESPN, who's kind of like the young up and comer behind Mel Kiper yep. and and Todd McShay. Really cool to get to meet him, and and he you know kind of said something similar. He felt like you know the tackle position would be one, but I just I just think those top two guys are going to be gone, and I think really the consideration is the cornerback position. And do you feel like these guys, you know, is one of these guys going to be a shutdown guy? I mean, they, they made such a priority to you know at like 2012 go get Talib, like you know then get Revis, like get Stephon Gilmore and you know there's also another part to this discussion which we've really been having is like are they still really a pure man coverage team or are they playing so much of this match coverage now that it's changed the dynamic a little bit and are they looking for those you know number one who can travel with their number one or are they looking for guys who are smart who are going to be able to understand how the routes are dispersing and then know where to pick them up just you know something that we've kind of talked about but as far as the tackles I've always said it's like buying tires for your car. Like nobody wants to buy tires for your car. It's like, oh God, you know, it's it's really not going to do much for you, but you got to do it. And if you yep. don't, you're, you're screwed. So I get the tackle stuff from that perspective, but I also think they probably like Trent Brown more than we do. And I think that you could probably get a right tackle who's really good, maybe in that second round pick and plug him in. And all right, let's, you know, let's, I know Trent Brown ain't, you know, exactly everybody's long-term answer. But I also just have a suspicion that they're like, I don't think he's going to be that bad. We're going to get Adrian Clement here. We're going to have, you know, a real offensive line coaching staff. You know, I just one more point to make on this was, you know, something we brought up was, look, they had 60 sacks last year. They were 22nd on third down. So I just see a disconnect there. What is it? And, you know, when talking to other guys and other Patriots guys, for us, it's it's you can't cover them. Like, you know, you can't cover the number ones. You can't cover those guys. You can get to the quarterback. But you just can't lock down the top target, and then the, the, the trickle-down effect gets you. So I'm with you guys on the cornerback thing. And I don't know for sure if they love any of these guys, but I think if Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter or you know maybe Devin Witherspoon, who just you know hits like a freight train, and you know I really like a lot about his game too, but there's just something, especially about Gonzalez, that I'm enamored with that just looks like a number one corner. And I think you plug him in. I think that makes the biggest difference in terms of trying to beat Buffalo, trying to beat Miami. These are That's the, the focus right now for me. Um, you know, is a tackle going to make a huge difference? Of course, it's going to make a little, but I don't think it really moves the needle as much if you had that number one corner, assuming one of those guys can be a number one corner. Mike, I'm going to ask you a big picture question that's going to be difficult to answer. And I yes. say that to, to give you just a, but for years we've had, you know, I, you know, Dante Scarnecchia talked about tackle, for example, and he said, I, I liked to get the young ones. I liked the ones that I could train. I didn't have to break them like a stallion and then build them back up. And I think you see, they take a Nate Solder. They take yeah. an Isaiah Wynn. I think in some level, those were Dante Scarnecchia picks. Obviously, he's gone. You have a coach who's never been here for a draft. We assume it's going to be better because of the debacle that was the offense, the O-line, everything right. last year. And the same thing I would say with some of these ideas of, we mentioned cornerback. Ah, but Bill always finds a cornerback. You don't need to draft one in the first round. He'll get a fourth-round pick. He'll get an undrafted kid, and he'll become a number one corner, and then we'll let him leave in free agency because, admittedly, They've done it so often over yeah. the years. Do you think, A, that plays a factor into the way they think? Does Bill say, I can always find a corner because I've always found a corner? And do you 
Do you sort of put that in the back of your mind when you're assessing what you may predict them to do? Oh, they always get a corner, so they won't go corner in round one. Do do those big picture factors play into your analysis? I think so. But I mean, I would just say like they haven't really found a number one corner in the draft. I mean, they've developed plenty of slot guys and number twos. But I mean, other than drafting Ty Law way back when, you know, like it's like I said, it's Revis, it's Browner, it's signing Gilmore, it's trading for Tlaib. Um, you know, I don't want to go. So, I mean, I guess you could put Asante kind of into that. But I mean, I kind of compare sure. Asante to J.C. Jackson a little bit, which, of course, was mm-hmm. you know not drafted. But, you know, maybe not that number one elite, but certainly very good players. I, I, I'm not at that point right now. I just think the, the talent at wide receiver is too good. And I think that you really need to counter that with talent at the wide at the cornerback position. And I think they understand that. I think that's why you've seen them make an effort in free agency to pursue those guys. And, you know, now you might actually have a chance to draft one of them in, in the teens. And so I, I think that's where I come out. And, you know, as far as the other point, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a good question because how much do you trust – um, you know, Adrian Clem to come in and, you know, develop guys right off the snap. I mean, I, I, I made a point in Indy to go talk to a bunch of his guys. Um, Alex Forsythe, the center, you know, I'm not really looking at centers so much, but he's another SFG serious football guy that was, you know, just all of a sudden busting into coverages and, you know, talking about identifying all the kinds. Of, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 too much, too much backup, buddy. Um, but I really liked him as well. So, you know, maybe you do just maybe you do overextend a little bit in free agency, sign a sign a tackle and just be like, all right, we're good for this year. Um, you know, maybe draft somebody in the later rounds as a swing backup kind of a guy. Uh, one more one more thing to say too, a really cool part of it. Um, you know, Sebastian Vollmer's doing a lot with us now for the Germany stuff. And so he was on the trip with us. And so one of those Spiel nights tag, the- yeah. One of those nights in the embassy suites with the uh, with the open bar, we uh, it was just talking to Seabass, talking football with him. And um, it was just really cool hear about some stories, talk a lot about Dante, how intense it was with Dante, how people were, would literally quit the middle practice on Dante's practices. Um, you know, and one other point to make on him, which goes against what I said, was that he said the only time my arm length, I really felt like it mattered was Jason Pierre-Paul, who was, you know, a freak of, of vines that are, about, I don't know, what, 37, 38 inch. I mean, but he's like, I was never overextended. I was never blocking like this. It's always a punch and back. So right. he was kind of arguing in favor of Skoronsky and, you know, a guy. But it's funny because he ain't no, he doesn't know nothing about any of the prospects. I had to, like, explain, like, so this is Roderick Jones. He's, uh, you know, an experienced Paris John, you know, <laughs> like Seabass explained it to him. But, but great guy. And, and it was, you know, insightful talking to him. A couple uh, of years. All right. So, Deuce, we've been doing um, – and we'll let you get you out on this. We've been doing, Andy and I have been doing what we're calling our off seasonal positional preview, where we're gauging an interest meter from one to 10 on how highly you prioritize the Patriots needs, both via the trade route, the draft route, and of course, free agency. And like we mentioned earlier, cornerback is what we've now decided is the top need and top priority then tackle. And then it sort of gets into a murky mix of say, is it safety or is it wide receiver and whatnot? And we have a few more positions to review. I'd like to get your take on what you think the Patriots absolute top need is just as a walk away. And as you mentioned, maybe just like throw in a bag now that like an Orlando Brown jr. Could potentially hit the market uh, since the chiefs aren't placing the tag on him. To me, the Patriots can with the available money they have the available draft capital they have, and who's going to be available come April 27th, they could do something like sign an Orlando Brown Jr., who does have a legacy connection via his dad, who passed away 11 years ago with Belichick in Cleveland. Then you can trade for a DeAndre Hopkins, and you can draft a Christian Gonzalez if he's available at 14. And next thing you know, I mean, I mean how, how, does, how does this not, like, 
Bing, bang, boom. One, two, three. SFG. You've got a. Uh, you may not have Trent Williams, but you've got one of the top five available tackles to lock up. And now you send Trent back to the right. All of a sudden, you've got three. You've got seven hundred and ten pounds protecting Mac Jones on the blind side and the and the visual side. You've got a solid number one to come in, teach the young kids how it's done with D Hop, and then you got a potential corner number one cornerback of the future. So that's what I'm subscribing to. So what's your top need and how do you like that plan? I like it. I mean, I, I'm not really like this year. Not, nobody's really getting me hot and bothered in free agency. I mean, I'd be all right focusing on tackle. I mean, if it, if it means making an investment like that, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, you know, I mean, I love Jacoby Myers, but honestly, I think that you can grab somebody in the second or third round that can, you know, maybe take that role and maybe add something different to it. I just, I don't know. I, I would put more money towards the tackle position in terms of free agency. Um, I just think they need more. They need weapons. They need playmakers in the middle of the field. And and I think that that's why I'm, you know harping on some of these quickness guys. I don't want you know we get into it with Perillo about you know you say you want a slot receiver and, and, and you assume we're talking about a six round white guy with a great three cone. Like no, <laughs> like I want one of those first couple day guys who have legit athletic ability. What was it RAS? I want them on the RAS yep. scale, quickness, speed. Um, and the last thing I would just say is I think the tight end group. I would I would be all in. I know a guy, Sam Laporta from Iowa, kind of lit it up a little bit. Probably not going to block for you. I don't care. I, I think that they can, you know, invest in an F tight, tight end like they did with Aaron Hernandez way back when. And then again, that will give you a guy in the middle of the field that's kind of a mismatch. I think the guys they have right now, in terms of Parker and potentially Thornton, outside guys, speed, contested catches, good. Bread and butter, Mac Jones, middle of the field, move the chains. Um, I think those are the critical needs. So if you, if you get you get a tackle in free agency, and I look, I'm all for D Hop. I know some people are up and down on him. I I watched Hard Knocks last year in season. I think he's still. I think he can still play. I know BB likes him, so I, I would be all for that move as well. I just think last point, like you got to give Mac some weapon. You got to give him something this year because it's it's a big year for him. You know, he, he really. I don't want to come out of this year kind of not knowing like, ah, well, if we had just given him a better weapon, then maybe we'd have a better sense. Like, you know, give him some stuff to work with. Let Bill O'Brien cook and then maybe really find out what you got and what the pieces are to build around going forward. All right. Well, that's some great combine perspective. Some tales from the road in Indy, the land of SFGs, as, as Mike has now put it. Serious football guys as well. We're, that's it. From now on, Andy, when I, when we start the pod, I'm going to say broadcasting from the studios of WSFG, the Serious Football Guy Network. Come yeah, the only problem is most people assume an F in an acronym is a bad word. I, I, <laughs> right. There's a lot of ways SFG can go. Right. That, yeah. My head keeps going there. I know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we may have gone behind a paywall on an OnlyFans yep. or something like that. Yep. Well, Absolutely. Mike and I were the guys that came up with Pat's Fans Only, which would be like a paywall. Oh, Pat's, Pat's now, okay. Now, Pat'sFansOnly.com was a great idea, which was going to be a fake commercial for a dating site for just Patriots fans who don't want to deal with, you know, like all oh, this mm-hmm. girls going on and on about like the Giants and stuff. But now with OnlyFans, I'm like, oh, that's all. It's got a whole different meaning oh, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, and all the things that you don't, you can't normally talk about within the confines of one Gapping, place. penetration, things of that whoa, nature. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> when whoa, I, when I first, no, when I first got here, I pitched it because I had a whole script written. For Wham that. block. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, thank God we didn't do that because, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I still need the health insurance big time. Uh, Deuce, this has been awesome, man. Um, let's hop on again maybe sometime after once free agency has gone through and uh, – 
there have been cap casualties and whatever else, and we're starting to get a bigger picture as to the way the Patriots may be leaning towards the draft. Hopefully we'll be together for the draft party at the stadium and more. Cannot wait for this fall for the trip to Germany. Andy and I are lobbying whatever insert German for very hard and vigorously to get a sponsor to send us over there because that would be the trip of a lifetime. I mean, how could you not find a beer sponsor to send you to Germany, Fitzy? Like your whole life is a failure if you can't make that. (laughs) Fitzy, finally put all this sucking up to these breweries, finally put it to freaking use other than a four pack of free beer. I'm working on it. All like, right, Jeez. I'm already Vitamin seeing it. You're, you're, in Germany. You're, you're, pouring, you're pouring a New England IPA into a big German Stein, and you're saying this is how we do it in my where I'm from. Listen, I I know. I just need one or the both of you to promise me that you'll take good care of my kids if I don't make it back because I may just, yeah, just yeah, drown in yeah. Kolsch and Dunkels. Lord, how about you pay for us to go to Germany? Uh, oh, all right, you're, I can see any any other ones. Hey, why don't you work the night shift uh, on getting perfect, us over there? Perfect. Okay, very, yes, exactly. See, uh, get us there. Yes. Widow, make something. her send us to Germany. All right, that's enough of those. Deuce, you can follow him at Mike Duso 19 on the tweet machine. You can hear him three days a week, thrice weekly, 12 to 2 on Patriots Unfiltered. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Always a robust chat from our guys, Kirsch. Perillo, Lazar, Deuce, and company. And, of course, you can read his musings, his breakdowns, his analysis, and plenty of mocks because we can't get enough mock drafts at Patriots.com. Deuce, you're the best. You're the best for a reason, and it's been great hanging and talking with you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. See you. I'm all over that. Love that. Dirty. We get, No, you know what we need to do, Andy? We need to – and here's now where we can steer it back my way, but we can do – we can – do it for a cause as we wrap up the uh, extended supersized opening of this edition of six rings and football things. Uh, the combine breakdown from Mike Dussault. Thanks. Give him a follow. Give us a follow at six rings pod. Of course, rate review, subscribe and share. We appreciate each and every listen, the ratings, the comments, the clapbacks, the sub tweets, all of it. We're here for it. As I like to say, what we need to do is print up t-shirts that say SFG serious football guy and make a fundraiser out of it. Sure. And that, that's one of those things I can do. I can put it in the merch store. We can donate a significant portion to charity. The rest, of course, going to our beverage fund. Uh, who doesn't get behind that? I'll get behind it. Let's go. All right, well, we're I'm in. We're on it. idea. I got nothing out of it. Uh, how many? Okay, that's enough. All right, moving on.